Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And this week we're talking about Sir Sly's The Rise and Fall of Loverboy, which uh, released April this year, 2021, for those who are listening in the future, or those who are listening in the past. If time, tra- if time travel <laughs> becomes a thing, I guess, maybe. How can you can... listen to the past, though, because we haven't released the episode No, 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 yet. they can listen to this episode in the past. Like, someone someone from the future oh. downloads the episode on their phone or something, and it goes back to the past, and then is listening. I don't, I don't know. This, I mean, is not, this is not a time travel podcast. Maybe it should be. Maybe it should be. Maybe it is in the future. Oh my god. <laughs> Feedback loop. It's like a time loop. But... Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I picked this album just because, I mean, it came out this year. I've kind of listened to it off and on throughout this year. I'm kind of like, I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan of Sir Sly, but I saw them, they opened for uh, K-Flay when I saw her in Nashville a few years back. And I was like, yeah, I really like their performance. And then I never really checked out their music <laughs> um, outside of the songs that I heard them perform or whatever. And then this album dropped this year. And I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. And I, I ended up liking the album. Uh, and I was like, eh, maybe maybe Joey would be into this kind of thing. So uh, I threw it on the list. And now it, it has come full full feedback loop. And now we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to see what I think about it. Think of... Maybe I think it's like really sour and shitty, or maybe I think it's really just like nice and sweet, like honey. But who yeah. knows? Like track number one, honey. Boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. So okay, <laughs> full disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, the first time I listened to this album, uh, it it was on my TV speakers, not on my normal headphone setup, and you, I just you hated it. I didn't hate it, but I was like, something about this is not hitting. Like it didn't yeah. click, and I was just like. So part of my notes are written from like that perspective. How dare you? But so whenever I went back and listened to it with headphones on, I like I could hear all the all, like all the bass and all the extra like right. sounds. There's like I the couldn't depth. pick. Yeah, like the instruments get really like this nice floaty feel. The guitar gets kind of wonky, and it feels like it's an old guitar playing and like. I don't know. At the time, whenever I listened to it on my TV speakers, I just couldn't get into it. But the yeah. more I listened to it with headphones, the more I liked it. You like don't, You don't have to like everything, Joey. It's okay. Well, so I did <laughs> like, I had a progression with this album where it's sure. the rise and fall of Loverboy. It was kind of more the rise of me liking the album. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fall of you not liking it. Of me hating the album. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> But yeah, like you said, it kind of has these weird, like, droopy, it, it kind of sounds like a reversed, maybe, clip on loop mm-hmm. that, that just kind of, like, feels droopy and, like, I don't know, warped, I guess, in some way. There's clean guitar kind of playing the same riff that is being played in reverse or whatever, which is kind of a cool effect, I think. But yeah, it's overall, it's kind of minimal. I suppose there's not a lot of craziness going on for a while. And then his voice comes in, and I'm, I'm curious what you think of his voice. I know I'm a lot pickier with vocals. But he has a pretty interesting slash distinct voice, I think. So he has a voice that remind. I mean, it. I've listened to a lot of like indie type music, right. and I feel like his voice sounds like a version of like the indie singers that you would hear back in like the early 2010s. But just like mm-hmm. his own version of it, I guess. Like I kept thinking in my head on several parts of this this album. Like his voice reminded me of somebody else that I listened to and like a lot, but yeah. I, I couldn't quite 
hit it and but i i I finally got it later in the album and i'll i'll reveal when we get to that point baby but i like this this setup but i do like the play that he does between like natural singing and then we'll just like add auto tune in and there's another kind of effect that goes on with the vocals that i i don't think it's done in this song but it's done in a few other songs that i like and yeah i'll put i'll talk about that whenever we get there but I like his voice. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot more to say about tracks that are, that are not in this track, but uh, lyrically on the surface, I, this is, this is interesting. This whole album, I think I'm still not a hundred percent on the lyrical content of the album as an album, I suppose. Cause on the mm-hmm. surface, this one, it, it seems like it's a simple love song talking about how he kind of wishes to be back with a former lover back in Canada or whatever, which is where they're from. Uh, but due to the nature of the music in this track, I was kind of conflicted and thinking, well, maybe there's some like something else going on a little bit darker that was maybe playing around drug use. Cause I'm Amy, he says knock down a J and play Eugene, which I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's like a, a euphemism knocking down a J, but uh, he says like, I'm hot, never felt this sunny. So like, I don't know. There's, there's just something about it and the, the music being drippy and the auto tune section kind of taking a turn that kind of made me, think that there was drug use in it and then i kind of like go back and forth with it throughout the first half of this album yeah i so for all of uh the people out there you know you're gonna gonna learn something but in in uh, like the the cool hip lingo a j is a euphemism for for a joint that's what i was thinking it's just a marijuana cigarette for you people out there it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound right to my naive brain knock down a J. That <laughs> yeah because when you're when you're usually when when someone's saying like knocking down or knocking back right they're talking about drinking yeah like knock down a shot or something like, that yeah. makes sense to me i, I mean I've, it's just the context in which i've heard it I I've, yeah i've never heard that specific phrasing it could be a canada thing it could be i'm just like fucking out of the Canadians. loop because i'm an old person like like how like <laughs> dads or whatever say like the grass or something like yeah nobody, the, devil, the devil's grass yeah it's like what <laughs> but it's probably just one of those things but you know yeah, yeah but right. that's i i got that too like i couldn't tell if he was talking about like a woman that he wanted to be with or mm. or drugs but yeah like it this, there's this also album. a third there's a third element to this album that kind of comes in uh more as the album goes on that I think can also kind of maybe be applied here. And that's religion and faith. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because a lot of this, I mean, I guess spoilers for the rest of the album. We're, we're now album loop and we're not doing track by track. That's not true. We're so good. <laughs> but like a lot of the album is him. It's kind of this meta like breakup album, but it's, it's breaking up with a girl and also breaking up with religion. And also maybe to some degree breaking up with drugs or, a former version of himself in in some ways. So I, I think there's a lot of, of layers to it that kind of obscures what the, the lyrics are trying to say, I guess. Yeah. And, well, I don't know if obscures the right way. Cause I mean, it, it's just, it's multifaceted, I suppose what he's talking about throughout this album. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has some layers. This album's a fucking onion for sure. Shrek would approve. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Shrek approved. You heard it here. We need Hell to get, yeah. We need to get uh, Shrek as a guest to talk about his favorite onions. Yes. And albums. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> both, honestly. 
both. Track number two is Loverboy. I, D- I could not dig us out yeah, of the Shrek hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I even took us there, but I just hear I hear multifaceted. It makes my mind think of layers, and layers are onions and or cakes. Shrek. Or ogres. Well, yeah. No, I, I mean cakes. Cakes. That's fine. That's a that's a layer thing, I guess. But so Loverboy, it starts off with like children playing in the background. Like there's like some cool background ambience, which yeah. I don't I don't like it just stuck out to me. It really doesn't yeah. I don't know if it means anything in the grander sense of the album. It's just nice. But uh this is where I fully decided what album we're doing next week. Okay. And Okay. I, I'm not going to tell everybody what it is yet. You know what it is, I guess. I do. But, <laughs> but maybe maybe we, we should stop establishing it beforehand. You know what? It'll just always be a surprise. I think we should. Let's do that. That sounds fun. Mix too late, up. too late this week, and too late next week because we're we're kind of for behind the scenes. We're kind of like pre-recording a few episodes because I'm going to be unavailable for a few weeks. Uh, so yeah. we already know the next at least two albums. Yeah, but you know. It's we'll we'll do it eventually, but <laughs> in, in a month or so we'll come back and it'll be it'll be a mystery to me when Joey picks an album and vice yeah. versa. And just to be clear, the vocals and like some of the music doesn't really like sound much like next week's pick, but it just like that's just Divine. where my head went. Yeah. yeah, but this one it's a little bit more like I guess boppier than the first one, where there's like some claps in the background for a beat that kind of give it a little bit more of an upbeat sound mm-hmm. i guess the acoustic guitar is more in the forefront and i like the acoustic guitar like i like the guitar yeah. playing on this album like i just like how it's used it's usually really crisp whenever they use it and it just sounds nice it, it makes me feel good on the I, inside i agree i i literally wrote the gritty acoustic guitar over some hip hoppy beat just feels good yeah so we're on the same page there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also, in this song, I the I really like the sound they got from the drum machine. It sounds very tight. I love the snare that they have on it. Just like, I don't know. There's a lot musically on, on this album that I like. And I stopped describing it as we go on because like it, they kind of, they develop a sound and they establish it. And it's not as interesting to talk about over and over again kind of a thing. But yeah, I, I really enjoy a lot of the, the music elements on this album, uh, including this song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I kind of did the same thing because they, they definitely have their sound and it's yeah. a good sound. I, I I don't like, I really like the music. I don't, I think I like the music more than some of the lyrical content, at least yeah. on the album. But it's as speaking of lyrical content, <laughs> you know, Nailed it. since we can't segue into each song, we're going to segue into lyrical content, whatever. <laughs> it it kind of continues the same. <laughs> the same general vibe like from the first one where Mm -hmm. i don't know what he's talking about he's talking about a general (laughs) relationship with something with yeah a woman it's it seems like on surface level it would be a woman right but it also sounds like uh, some sort of vice that he could be like really i i guess not dependent on but he really i I think that's a key that he's not dependent or at least not seeming not dependent on it because that it comes up later in the album but at this point it i was like okay i i maybe i was looking too deep about honey and maybe it's just legitimately about a girl because this track seems to be more along that line where he he's like he specifically says girl and he acknowledges that he can't be her everything 
kind of a thing and that he just wants to be her lover boy kind of thing he just wants love which is kind of an interesting i took that to mean more of like he's okay with her being independent because that's mature right? yeah and independence is attractive and it's it's a mature step of your relationship knowing that you don't have to be side by side doing everything together for the rest of forever kind of a thing and he knows that her life is not going to revolve around him he just wants to be a part of it kind of yeah. thing. which i kind of have it, it makes it interesting i think at least from what i was drawing from closer to the end of the album uh but that's kind of the vibe that i was getting from this song yeah this album definitely uh takes a turn lyrical content wise like it, it hits a point where it dives, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not dives as in gets, like, badly written, but... Uh, <laughs> but like Dive, dives headfirst into, into the pool of emotions and struggles. Yeah, with, but... With the three topics, I guess, on this album. Yeah. Like, at least, I guess, surface-wise, and as far as I'm willing to dig, I, I would say this song is most likely about just, like, a, wanting a legitimate, mature relationship yeah with someone who can hold their own in life i guess yeah and it, it it's, a, it's a it's a sham but you know we'll get, <laughs> we'll get there we yeah. will get there because yeah. you know sometimes it, i don't know I got we no welcome problem. the pressure of creating a uh, segue for every <laughs> single song but sometimes we don't land but we we do welcome the pressure yeah and sometimes we fumble into one and someone saves saves it like Joey saved for track number three. Welcomes the pressure. Skip it about bop. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> this one starts with some like natural acoustic sounding drums with almost this kind of like swing feel, and then the synths come in and the track begins. So I, I'm not really sure. I think there was actually on Genius somebody had lyrics for an intro that they played live mm-hmm. uh, to it, which I don't remember. I mean, I guess I have it right here. I could pull it up. But like, I thought that was interesting because I'd never heard. I haven't heard the live version of the song but they felt the need to put it in the, the genius lyrics, which it kind of gives some context, I guess, lyrically, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I really like the dripping synth feel that is used on this track and throughout a lot of the album. There's a lot of like ambient kind of distant boops and, and synthing noise and stuff that just kind of like gives the overall, sets the overall tone for the album, I think. And their blend of like the guitars and the synths and the vocals, it just, I don't know. The, it, I, the general vibe of this album and the song it, it hits right with me and c- kind of almost gives me a little bit of like the blue October vibes for some of their songs on uh, foiled, but oh, that's uh, nice. It's kind of where my mind kind of goes for this album, I suppose. Not exactly. Cause there's a lot more of like electronic elements in source lies music, but uh, yeah, the bridge comes in on this track and it's, this is what I consider to be like classic source Sly bridge where like it strips everything, but just the, leaves the drums and the bass driving and then the, the vocals go like, la, 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 la. <laughs> That's a very Sir Sly thing in my mind. Yeah. Which I'm not complaining about. It kind of has a nice transitional feel. Yeah, I definitely, like, there was a point later where I pointed that out. Because I haven't heard any of their other music, really. Right. And by the end of the album, I was like, I think this might be just, like, their, their thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess it is. So, you know, it's cool. Uh, the guitar work in this song as well, like, it's more in the background. And I think it's in a an electric guitar mm-hmm. rather than an acoustic, but uh, it's got like this nice bright and glassy sound that I really like. And I don't know, man, like I feel like these guys can make anything from like electric music or electronic music to indie rock. Yeah. And they show that on this album and yeah, they're, they're constantly kind of like flowing between the two, I think. 
And I mean, this song, it feels, it feels more fun, I guess. It like, it feels a little bit more dancey, I guess. I like his voice even yeah. more on this out or on this track. And it's, I don't know. This is one where once again, listening on my TV speakers versus listening on my headphones, it was like listening to a completely different song. <laughs> yeah. L- lesson being kids don't listen on shitty speakers if you yeah. can avoid it don't even listen on speakers always listen on headphones <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you got a nice sound system use it like you can get like, a subwoofer so. and that stuff to, to balance itself generally speaking though phone speakers monitor and tv speakers probably probably not great sound quality yeah that's yeah that's at least not for music i mean I, I feel like to some degree tv and, and movies are kind of like balanced around that kind of a thing but music is definitely not one of those things well, that's probably true Lyrically, though, there you uh, go. For, for Welcome to the Pressure, uh, I kind of like, I reverted again, so like on Love for Blowing, okay, well, maybe I was looking too far into Honey. At this point, I'm like, okay, take it all back. There's there's definitely some drug reference happening, and my, my gut instinct was kind of more accurate, I think. But it doesn't mean that the prior songs weren't also about a lover. It's just kind of the, the feelings that are expressed in those songs kind of seem greatly exaggerated by drug use, perhaps. Um, the song specifically is more introspective and he's talking about the pressure of being like so invested in his career that if he fails as a musician then he has nothing else to fall back on and that pressure kind of like it simultaneously simultaneously like pushes them to work harder and make better music but also kind of maybe forces them into being more susceptible to to drug abuse and stuff and and which is super common along like celebrities and musicians and stuff. Yeah. I mean, at that point it's like, like you said, what else are you going to do if it doesn't work? Like he talks about in the song, like dropping out of high school or dropping out. I don't know if he specifically says high school, but he says dropping out of school to be in the band. And it's like, okay, like you've devoted just about everything into making this work and if it doesn't what 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 else is there yeah there, there is nothing else <laughs> which obviously is a huge amount of pressure like yeah you, you've gotta you've gotta really give it your all to to make it it seems but some people operate under the mindset that if you're not giving it your all you're not gonna you're still if you still have one foot out the door like you're not gonna be your best which i don't know how much i agree with because i feel like that's gonna take a pretty big toll on you mentally (laughs) but why musicians maybe revert to drugs so much yeah and and because no i was i was about to say something that was very reckless so (laughs) i wouldn't have been a good citizen if i said that so we'll just move on (laughs) yeah we're we're all we're all pretty shitty citizens from time to time i suppose but at least you censor yourself so yeah. that we can continue this po- podcast by talking <laughs> about track number four citizen and what, what i'll tell you what it is afterwards because it was just like <laughs> it, it's not anything bad but i was like i shouldn't have said that but so this one after i've been explaining what i should have not said or whatever <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it starts out with like a huge fucking bass like it's just like boomy and then it breaks down into just an acoustic guitar and like a kick heavy drum part. And yeah. I mean, he sing. I feel like he sings higher on this one. Like he still does in the others, but I just notice it more, I guess, on this one. Yeah. And it's this one though has a cool guitar solo, which I'm guessing is where it features Gary Clark Jr. And yes. I'm guessing that's where he comes in. I believe so. One. But yeah, I like this one. It seems more rock inspired and I'm all for indie rock. So it's cool it's a cool one it gets a pass from me in my book 
I agree. I, I really like the song as well. And like I said, Gary Clark Jr. He's a pretty long, like, drawn out solo at the end of the song. Drawn out not in a bad way, but like, he he covers a lot of a ground, I suppose, with the solo. And it kind of like starts slow and then and then builds and builds and builds until the song just kind of ends at, at his guitar solo end. Uh, lyrically, this is another one I wasn't like super sure on because it, it seemed kind of vague. But I think this is what starts that kind of, not necessarily anti-Christian message, but like it starts changing the tone of the album to revolve more around his spiritual and religious adventures, I guess, or experiences. His journey. His journey. And like he talks about praying for help, and it seems like it maybe worked but also limited him in ways because he says oh holy spirit can you hear us i feel lifted i feel fearless but he's also kind of bad mouthing it and, and like saying that he doesn't want to be a good boy and keep his mouth shut and keeping quiet out of fear and sort of being open about what he's thinking kind of thing which is very much like a legitimate like concern when people are losing their religion I suppose where like you have this moment of like, okay, like I'm, I'm tired of being told what to think and how to think and how to act and behave when, and like shunning these urges or these thoughts that are contradictory to the, what the church believes. Yeah. This, uh, this one, like a few things specifically hit me yeah. like where he's talking about, uh, what was it on the five? I see a sign. You need Jesus. And it just makes me like, then I sigh as my insides start their screaming. And it's yeah. like, there's so many times where like where we live and I'm all over the Midwest, probably the South too. Like, I don't know, yeah. but you're just <laughs> driving along and you just see a big old fucking picture of Jesus on the side of the road <laughs> on a billboard. That's like, you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like just painted on the side of a barn. Yeah. Know, like that. And you're just like, well, that's fucking great. Okay. Like, <laughs> It's totally cool. And then it may like, I feel like this song is his realization at least later in the song where it's like the people who use religion in that way are usually like the, I don't want to say the wrong type of people, but kind of yeah, like, no, they're, for sure. They're, they're the people that kind of go against what the actual meaning of the religion is supposed to be where, I mean, not to get too political, but the song... It, it no, gets, I'm here for it. It goes there. <laughs> the I'm second... going to take it a step further after you're done. Okay, so okay cool. Free. Just let loose. So, uh, yeah, the second verse, it starts off, Little Red Hat, Signal White Pride, What Are You Thinking? What Are You Thinking? And, I mean, it ends with, You'll Never Make Anything Great Again, and You're Not My Friend, Can I Get an Amen? Where it's, like, talking about him realizing, obviously, he's, ref- like, referencing the Make America Great Again hats, Donald Trump, his followers, and, like how religion gets so twisted in that circle where it's like, it's used as an excuse to be a shitty person really. And he's, I think this is him like kind of coming to terms with that being like, I I don't want that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be lumped in like, and him seeing kind of the twisted nature of that. I feel like, and maybe this is me putting my own spin on it, putting my own thoughts into his head but that's kind of what I got where it's no, like, the I, I think you're, you're right with them. I think you're saying the same thing. I mean, it's just such a disconnect whenever you're trying, you're, he's starting off the song praying 
and then being like shit is this what i'm praying to like is this yeah is this really what uh what what i have to go along with to be part of this i guess fucked up yeah it's just totally derailing us if you don't want to hear us talk about uh religion i was i was kind of gonna save this for another later discussion but it, it kind of became more relevant i guess during the, this week than i expected to uh this week this past week i saw on facebook i have a friend on facebook who is like a youth minister at churches he's a cool guy i don't have anything against him as a person but he shares a lot of religious things and most of it's pretty level-headed but there was one that stood out to me he he shared a quote from someone uh and the quote is hell will be filled with people who didn't smoke didn't cuss and may have even been baptized why because none of these things make someone a christian right so he's saying like even if you're living straight edge right you don't cuss you don't smoke you don't get baptized you can still go to hell and i was thinking about this why why is that the message yeah why is it not the opposite that heaven will have people that smoke and cuss and may not have been baptized kind of thing because it it seems like the point (laughs) yeah it's not so much that they're they're trying to make the point that faith matters more than your actions they don't give a shit about that they don't care to be inclusive they're just trying to scare people into religion because scaring people gives you power over them kind of a thing. And, and if you were to just accept people instead of like scaring people with hell saying like, no, it's okay. If you smoke, you can still go to heaven. They're saying, no, like even if you don't smoke, you're going to hell because it gives them more power. And I think that's, it's fucked up and religion's bullshit. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I was actually uh, having a discussion that I mean, this is it's what a fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah, we're having, already off the rails. I was having a discussion, and it made me think about like the inverse because that's what all that was always my thing. It's like even when you're having your own thoughts, it's so ingrained in you that the number one thing you're not supposed to do is question. Yeah, that it's like, uh, or else you're going to be damned for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> that it's like. Oh my God. It's 100% fear monger. <laughs> it's meant to keep you in that way. And I feel like it's because if you taught the other way, that's like, yeah, as long as you just live your life as a good person, you're going to get into heaven and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the reason that's not taught is because that would cause more people to just be like, well, then why do I have to do all this other stupid shit? Like, yeah. I mean, can I just be a good person? Like, is- don't get me wrong. There are, there are a lot of like, I would quote unquote good Christian people that are very accepting. Yeah. Um, Like they're not going to judge you for like smoking. They're not going to judge you for cussing and and for not going to judge you for uh, stuff because for being being gay for uh, (laughs) right for, for being just generally different. (laughs) different, Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they believe that that's God's place and that's great. I'm all about that shit. Obviously I don't believe in it, but I I think that is the, the best example of a christian i think in my opinion which is kind of like where i'm not trying to throw my buddy under the bus that i'm friends with on facebook like he he's generally level-headed but just that quote that he shared kind of spurred me to like think why why is it always fear-mongering instead of acceptance right and it's it's just kind of fucked up that that's like that's how they have to convince people to to quote unquote be good is by scaring them into being good because they're not naturally going to be good in the eyes of God or in the eyes of whatever it's, it's, it's power and it's fucking shitty as hell. Yeah. And, and one day hopefully I can become numb to all the bullshit, but it's until, not going to happen. I hope until... I never do honestly. Cause actually, it's, yeah. it's worth being pissed off about 
Track number five is numb. You made was, a segue, and I'm still on this fucking angry level. No, so. I was making a segue, and you're right. I hope I never get numb to it because, yeah, that's bullshit. Like, I'm fucking I'm, stupid. I'm, I hope I always feel the same level of feels that I get whenever I see that shit because it's like, if if there is a god out there who is going to take a good person in every way and not allow them to just like have a good afterlife if there is one yeah because of some trivial shit like that (laughs) fuck that guy (laughs) fuck you god (laughs) whoa track number five (laughs) numb this one has some some really like soft organs kind of setting the the tone being a lot more reflective and somber than the more upbeat introduction to the album there's not a beat at all in this one there's not really a super prominent melody and it's just it just it's just a guy being honest and vulnerable kind of a thing, which he does a few times on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really really like this song, and because it I don't know it packs a lot of like emotional power, and I, I don't know I kind of find it relatable and and su- such. It's yeah, really I, cool. this is definitely one of my favorite songs as well. It's kind of just more minimal. He's uh yeah just barren at all. It's just him singing over like the synthy ambience in the background and the the guitar coming in and i mean it's just kind of like a song where it just lays low the music doesn't change up too much it's all lyrics forefront and like the lyrics are good too like he he really just kind of lets it all out there it's very personal and the way he's singing you can tell you can tell it's personal yeah Yeah. and this is i think the first track that is like full-on pulling in the direction of like talking about him leaving christianity and his christian uh upbringing which has led him to be maybe not solely led him but like the song's about him being depressed and alone and isolated which is partially to blame on his christian upbringing and the fact that he's leaving that and kind of thing and he's just talking about how he, he wants to break out of the numbness that is feeling and live life and love someone without being judged as unworthy by you know his religious friends and family or whoever yeah it's uh Man, the second verse, too, it's, I've always wanted what was out of reach. It's not your fault the way you brainwashed me. Now I'm stranded under all this shame with no God and no good luck. I'll never measure up. It's like, he's just like, essentially feels like he's just out in the middle of it on his own with literally no life raft. Like, he's just. Yeah, and I I think that's where, like, the three, you know, the drugs, the lover, and, and the Jesus of this album. Like, I think a lot of this album is really coming from a place of isolation from those things. Whereas in his former life or his former years in this life, I suppose he has been very much involved with, you know, a lover or having God or maybe even doing drugs and stuff. And it's, this is kind of like him isolating from those things and realizing that he has nothing of himself without those things because so much of his identity was maybe wrapped up in those things like which is huge like even just from a religion standpoint that's a huge thing that happens when someone quote-unquote loses their religion because uh, especially i think he was an, like he was an evangelical which is someone that like they're, they're they view their purpose is to convert other people to their religion kind of a thing so if, yeah. if you live like that and then one day you decide, no, this isn't me anymore. Like you have no bearing on who you are as a person, which I think a lot of the later half of this album really dives into. But 
it, it kind of gets like th- this seems to be like the the domino falling that starts the the whole chain reaction of the rest of the album i think yeah i agree like it's man it's just i feel for you dude like <laughs> yeah yeah we, we you are not alone in your your struggles there's a lot of a lot of people that have been there and are going to go there in the, in the future so it's cool that it, it's always nice to have music that is so relatable and, for sure. and can help you through shit like that not that either of us are going through this currently but yeah. it, it feels good to like i don't know we're, we're both sad boys so like hearing other people struggling with the things that we've already struggled with or, or that we've come to terms with kind of thing it just it's kind of cathartic i guess in ways yeah it can at least help you out to the other side where you can just kind of sit around being like man are we having any fun yet like (laughs) all this shit's been just crazy like i just want fun joe you're killing these segues tonight (laughs) i don't think i've done any of them yet track number six is are we having any fun i'm gonna make a little sound like that every time i do a segue i guess (laughs) yeah it's the segue sound (laughs) We, we need to get uh we need to clip that and just edit it in after every segue hell yeah that won't get old <laughs> they'll, they'll deal with it it'll be a thing it'll be a meme it's fine yeah there we go maybe we'll do it once per episode yeah as long as it's a meme nobody will care <laughs> exactly track number six are we having any fun this one kind of resets the tone after the pause that that numb brought to the album it has kind of a, a it's a more fun and upbeat melody kind of a thing it's got some chill vibes to it but it's definitely more light-hearted than numb was and then it kind of like when the bridge comes it kind of like has that darkness creeping in a little bit and then it gets expelled when the the chorus comes in and just kind of like lets it go which i'm gonna go kind of right into the lyrics for this i'll let you talk about your experience with the song as well but like i feel like this is about his immediate experiences after deciding to leave his religion where he's not really like sure how he feels about what he's experiencing and a lot of the things that he's doing and trying feel foreign to him. And it, he's, he's kind of trying to find his way and he's heard about these fun things and he's just kind of like going along with it to see what happens. And he's not really like sure who he is or what he's doing or why he's doing it kind of a thing, which is why the song is like, are we having any fun? Cause he, he doesn't know if it's fun kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'll like, I, I like the song. I mean, like it's uh pretty like the beginning, like you said, it's pretty much like bass drums and like him singing over it, the chorus hits and it gets like kind of a bigger sound with him talking yeah. about talking about like sad topics over that kind of more brighter sound and then there's like a really cool swooshy sounding key part in the bridge that's behind some like extra plucky guitar but yeah. i i really hit with the lyrics as well on this one where it's like what what is you're stuck in the aftermath he's stuck in the aftermath of like this realization or this journey that he's begun and yeah i mean he's it's really just he he starts off with a theme that kind of follows throughout the rest of the album where he's like what does happy look like is like is is this happiness real is this new feet like he's only had i'm guessing like if you since you said he's an evangelical or was an evangelical like super into it right like you know the glory of god you know the happiness that comes from your faith you know all of that like and it's like tied into every single part of your life and if that's taken out you're like shit 
if none of if none of that was real like right. was what any of that yeah. yeah was any of the happiness that i've ever felt in my life real and how do i get back there can i even get back there can i like what what do i do now all these heathens that i used to see out there living it up having a good time i'm doing the same things and, and i'm not having fun yeah it it feels bad yeah. <laughs> so it's just a really big search for self discovery yeah, which I, I think most of the rest of this album is kind of about. That's my my one complaint. I think with this album specifically is that it it feels like a lot of the later half of this album is just kind of repeating the same thing. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it's a hot take. I I don't think it is. I think it was. I mean, just a, a part that I'm guessing was a really big part of his life, For and sure. he just wrote a lot of songs about it. My thing was like. I don't know, like, it's called The Rise and Fall of Lover Boy, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to wonder... There's what... not much of a rise, it's just all yeah. falling. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> from the beginning, like, is The Rise his journey? Is he talking about how The Rise was him being spiritual, and then whenever he lost it, he fell? Or is he like... Because at the... This will be something, for I guess, for the end of the album, but yeah, I, the name of the album kind of confused me after... We'll, we'll talk about all the lyrics yeah we'll, we'll get through it because we're only halfway through this album yeah about halfway through this episode track number seven thanks T- thx yeah with texting with a period with also a period. yeah because it's stylized they, they do a few yeah they do a few stylized song titles on this album this one is uh the shortest track on the album mm-hmm. at a minute and 54 seconds it's nice it's got this like nice reversey warbly sound coming in it's kind of warm and comforting almost like the music yeah. it just sounded super soothing even though there was like it got like a little wonky at times where it was like i i couldn't tell if it was doing that just kind of to stay in the loop that it was creating or if it was supposed to be adding in some sort of tension yeah at those little spots but it just kind of stays in that warm nice feel for the whole song like there's some backing like light percussion showing up later as the song progresses but nothing like too crazy yeah there, there's not a whole lot musically going on lyrically i feel like this is kind of the crash of his his excitement of the, the prior track where like if in the last track was him like going out and living life in this new and exciting way and trying to figure out what works this is him realizing that none of it's really fixed him right like he, he's free of religion now and he's kind of like reflecting on the bad things that he's done and the way he's acted in the past and kind of beating himself up about it. And it's, it's just kind of like af- after that high of being free of religion, he's, he's having time to now sit with his own thoughts and think of all of the shit that, that led him to this point, I guess. And he's not happy about it. Yeah. It's like, it sounded like he was trying to like apologize to the people near him. Yeah for his actions and he was just like thanks for being along for the ride sorry like (laughs) i don't know what i can do other than just say i'm sorry yeah so that's that's half of the lyrics is just him saying he's sorry (laughs) yeah but i mean sorry is cool as long as you follow up on it like that's true don't you can't just apologize and keep doing the same thing and saying (laughs) sorry every time But, you know, this material boy, like, I don't know if he fully understands that we'll have to listen to the rest of the album. Like, he might just be, he's not very spiritual. He's a material boy. Right. For sure. Just like he discusses in track number eight, material boy. Boom. There's no ba da ba No, that, that one was just boom, boom that okay. time. It'll always start with a B, though, I guess, because oh, that's yeah? just 
that's it. That's just the sound my mouth makes, apparently. <laughs> when you're excited about a segue that you pull out. <laughs> Dragon Ray, Material Boy, this one's a very 80s track, and I'm kind of curious how you feel about that, because, I mean, we've talked recently about 80s music, and I, I feel like it's intentionally kind of got that vibe. Um, as as such, there's not a lot like musically that was super interesting to me on this one. Yeah, I mean, I like the sound, but it yeah. was it did it was kind of like weird to hear it out of nowhere. But I mean, this was the biggest song on the album, and I think that that sound is probably the reason why because it's didn't just know that. it's cool. yeah. <laughs> it was because uh, I was actually listening to it with Alyssa whenever I had it on the TV. And we were kind of just jumping around after a few of the songs. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's the biggest one. And we listened to this one. And I was like, yeah, I can see why. Because it's got the it's got the synth wavy 80s yeah. deal that's a lot of people are liking right now. And I'm liking it too. I mean, I like the song. It just didn't... It se- it's yeah, like it kind of falls flat of what it's trying to get a little bit, I think. Yeah, like I, I like their sound. And this seems like they try to inject the 80s sound into their sound which like i appreciate the effort but yeah yeah, it i think it's kind of intentional in that like i mean the song's material boy he's singing about how he's not satisfied with money and physical things anymore even though that's what he's thought his whole life was around right he's a material boy living in a spiritual world is like the whole hook kind of a thing where he's like i i've i've made my way in music right i'm making money i'm buying things but guess what i'm not happy because i don't have the connections the spiritual connections to like the people around him in the world and and it's all been focused inward on greed and stuff he also casts a lot of shame at american greed and politics in this yeah. song and just like i don't know on a grander scale just feeling soulless and disconnected no matter like how much money you make kind of thing which is pretty common theme i think in a lot of music but like i don't know it, it kind of like reminded me because it's kind of an 80s sounding track of like that time of life for some reason that i wasn't in <laughs> and, and it, it just seemed very like material like just even saying material boy sounds like a very 80s thing to me for sure like there i think the 80s was definitely like an age of Things. And this is, yeah, like this is just totally me having never experienced it. Right. But it seems like a time of excess of consumerism of like, you, I don't know, big, big dreams and whatever. Bigness. Like, yeah, bigness, big money. <laughs> Tony Montana, cocaine, yeah, something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true. The whole like, <laughs> like all, all of that like Vice City stuff, like it's all glitz and glamour and sports cars and neon lights and go-go dance <laughs> is tony montana is he a dude like is that a is that a is that a dude like a his vice gang guy scarface yeah is that him okay because uh we had a D campaign where there was montana some, something <laughs> and i was like no, wait no, a no, second no that was that was montana smith okay uh, because the the player didn't want to explicitly rip off indiana jones <laughs> so he made montana smith i was wondering because i was like did that just seep into my like brain <laughs> and you know, to- okay. tony montana was like pretty sure now you have me questioning 
<laughs> Pretty sure Tony Montana was Scarface, right? That's what I thought. So I'll, we'll go with it. Two people <laughs> says it's right. That can't be wrong. Can't be wrong. And two of two people. There's nobody else involved here. Yeah, 100% of the people asked. Exactly. <laughs> and nobody's going to listen, so they're not going to contradict us. So Hell we're just going to believe that we're factually correct. We can just make up whatever we want. And it's right because in this universe, nobody's going to contradict like, us. It's true. We are gods here. <laughs> we're sick, sick sick gods and we're also talking about track number nine sick 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 but like the last sick is like sick like latin like you're correcting something it's like the editing sick yeah kind of thing this one's another like slow plotting synth ambience kind of thing with auto-tuned vocals a lot of his like songs snippets like this remind me a lot of like kanye and and his kind of like auto-tuned slow like uh ultralight beams kind of what is it mm-hmm. life of pablo that kind of arrow era kind of thing and also a lot of uh maybe like the 808s and heartbreak era of kanye are kind of influence on this album i think i don't i don't know how much kanye actually listened to but that, that's kind of where my mind goes for a lot of these like auto-tune monologue kind of song sections and this whole song is that uh the song has a great evolution to it i really like the growth throughout this whole song with like just the beat and then the acoustic comes in and just like the overall feeling of the song just kind of like progressing feels good to me yeah i definitely i like the music on this one a lot and i like his voice it has like a super filtered sound to it yeah which is just super cool i feel like i've heard this song too before like whenever i was listening to it i don't know where i would have heard it ever but you know because it just came out like what two months ago yeah and i had never listened to sir sly before this so i don't know where it would have been but maybe, uh, maybe you are the time traveler and you went to the future and you sometimes to this. I, sometimes i think that and sometimes i think my brain just gets wired wrong because it's like i feel like i'm in constant deja vu sometimes yeah i was gonna say it's, <laughs> it's kind of like an inverse deja vu thing right where you're you think you well i guess it's just regular deja vu if you think you've heard something before even if it was, well, I guess it doesn't matter the context. It's just the, the, the thinking that you've heard it before. Yeah. The deja vu part of it. So I don't know what I'm trying to say here. This song also, it was, I guess, one of the more prominent uh, examples of the vocal, the other vocal thing that I was talking about, where there's like a really low pitched yeah. vocal, like somebody repeating words behind him, where it's like in the fourth verse where he's talking about like, I'm like Dior Osiris like laundry still hanging and then a voice comes by back and says bloody bloody like it's kind of talking i didn't know if that was supposed to be like a i don't know like his brain like what some fucked up part of his brain or or the maybe even it could be like the uh i don't know just the the whole religious part of him i suppose the spiritual part of him kind of cutting in and then antagonizing him for leaving religion or whatever yeah i mean i definitely could see that i know whenever i i used to think as a child that my brain what like the voice you hear in your head just thoughts Mm -hmm. i thought that was god like because i didn't who's to say it's not well that like people would always (laughs) like you'd always hear like in school in your my religion class or whatever they'd be like people talk to god and you hear god and and speak with God and I was like well I hear a voice in my head that's probably God and then like as I was trying to like as I was like coming out of it I guess and realizing things 
it, I still couldn't shake that thought that there right. was like God in my head, just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? That's Stop it. Come back. And I'm just that's, like, it's like, that's just, <laughs> it's insane to me that like, that's the level of brainwash that happens when kids are like brought up in a religion. I never experienced that myself. I don't, I don't even know if I like ever thought anything other than, Oh, that's just me thinking kind of a thing. But like, it makes sense. And if you had that experience, I'm sure you're not the only one who ever thought that way or felt that way. And even like, to some degree, I can see that in this album as being like a way that he felt and, and something that would make him constantly like question his decision to like leave his religion kind of a thing, which it's kind of crazy that like, how how big of an impact i guess adults have over children when yeah, they're I mean, like because they're they're in their formative years and they're like they're so easy to manipulate and and convince of anything they really are just like really soft clay up. yeah like they're like clay and slow whenever you fire clay you throw it in an oven and it sticks but kids are like clay that somehow just slowly gets stuck over a while and yeah. before you know it they're dried and you're like fuck dude. what the fuck did i do <laughs> what, what's I, happening i don't remember making that thing <laughs> and it's just it's just nuts dude like they're so like there's things like i will just say something and my daughter will instantly repeat me yeah. or just like things that i do like i there's things that i do that i don't realize that i do until yeah, i see habits yeah, until I see her repeating them, and I'm like, oh my god, where'd you learn that? And she's yeah. like, I learned, I learned it from watching, watching you! <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> Don't become me, please! That's literally the last thing I want for you. Hey, you, you turned out pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. I don't like you as a person. We're pretty good friends. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I I have a friend. That's, that's okay. You got a friend in me? I got a friend in you. Well, I got a friend that's IMG. What? It's track number 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back on the podcast. We're still recording. This one has, I thought it was interesting. There's a short little guitar loop that is used in the background underneath like the, the regular clean guitar track, which mm-hmm. is kind of a fun effect. It's got some very menacing bass and like this marching snare beat to it. There's some high pitched vocals samples that are like obviously pitched up of him saying love in and love out which this whole song has a very dark tone and then like everything just pieces out and it hangs and then the song comes back in full force with the first verse and it like i don't know musically the song feels like a rock bottom moment where it's just like so warped and so intense and then uh landon comes in with the second verse and it's like kind of a fast wrapped kind of a thing and then the song just ends and you're just kind of like left in like what the fuck just happened kind of a thing but i really really enjoy the sound of, the, of this track yeah i do too and i think i gotta say the last probably like five or six songs on this album as much as they do kind of like follow the same pattern lyrically like the mm-hmm. music and just the feel of them i really yeah. like just the vibe that rides in this album out i agree and it's just it's a nice like i don't know so that love in love out that high-pitched voice it reminded me of like a chipmunk yeah type thing and don't even uh, fucking bring up the goddamn chipmunks on six feet or whatever (laughs) okay but it it made me have to go back and listen to that uh (laughs) but this yeah so this song it's kind of just like he's out of his mind like 
it gave me the impression that he's and this is where i didn't know if the rise and fall thing yeah applied because this song it almost seems cyclical where he's talking about having these self-destructed or self-destructive habits that are kind of like causing him to lose parts of his life because of the self-destructive habits but then him losing stuff causes the self-destructive habits again and he's like in this circle where he's just like he doesn't know he hates things he just he just feels these negative feelings and he's like i don't know he he's realizing that he's in in a way crafting his own torture like whenever he says uh you invited this by doing what i wouldn't do icarus but opposite this hell i crafted you like he's flying so low and it's he's doing all these things that he never would have done in the past and he's creating his own version of hell in life and it's like a a self-fulfilling prophecy where he he's probably having these doubts where it's like i left the religion and exactly what i was always told would happen is happening and now i'm i'm rotting in hell but it's hell on earth like that's an interesting take I i like that I kind of like, I don't know, I really like the song lyrically too, like, which doesn't happen often, granted, but like, uh, I don't know, the chorus just like, it says, love in, love out, hating you doesn't mean I love myself now, where it kind of like posts this, this idea of him where he's at the brink of leaving his religion and he's thinking, okay, if I get out of this cult, then like, my life is going to be so much better because like it it's been holding him back and then he gets out of it he takes that that step and he's just falling and falling and falling lower and lower and lower and he's like man like i expected that like leaving you behind leaving the religion behind would fix me as a person but surprise it doesn't and now i don't even have faith to fall back on too and so i just kind of keep going down farther and farther kind of a thing yeah it's uh man it can really fuck you up. That's that's for sure. It's scary. <laughs> like, for sure. yeah, I mean, especially again because like he was an evangelical Christian. Like, that was his life. His religion was his life, and to throw that aside, and hopes that your life is going to improve, and then find out that that doesn't fix anything, is like it's got to be the scariest fucking thing in the world to just have nothing to cling to you have no idea who you are or what you like want from life outside of your former religion and now you don't even have that to fall back to because like previously like yeah if you get sad you can say oh well i have my faith god will see me through now he doesn't even have that he has literally nobody to turn to nothing to like fall back on which i guess maybe could be what he was talking about more as like another layer earlier in the album when we were talking about his career and not having anything else to fall back on, maybe it was more of an emotional thing as well, where he doesn't have, he, he can't turn back. Yeah. Or he feels like he can't turn back, or doesn't want to turn back kind of a thing, which is fucking scary. And he's just dying a million little deaths on, on the way to hell that he's digging for himself, I guess. Well, at least he could take those little deaths and create track number 11, Little Deaths. Nailed it. Boom! I got a segue in. I got two of them. Yeah, one of them was kind of forced, but <laughs> that's what I do best: forcing segues. Hell yeah! Little deaths that's, is no, uh, not, that's I'm, fine. It's fine. Just, I'm just cutting off. See, normally I stop, and then we both sit there for a minute, and and then you end up going. This time, I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking go for it. 
Whatever. Do it. Well, you go for it. <laughs> it's a nice acoustic lid, kind of like indie rock track. There's not really a lot of electronic elements to this one. I really like there's a clean uh, electric riff that comes in after the chorus that adds a nice dimension, I think, to the song, where it's mostly like an acoustic thing. And then just, just having a little fill, a little electric riff kind of thing flows in is, is really nice. Yeah, I mean, I really like the music on this song. It's not anything crazy. Like, it sounds... Like, the general feel of this song seems like a more typical kind of older indie rock from, like, the early 2010s, maybe. Yeah. Like, around that era. And this is where I really figured out that his voice, at least whenever he sings like he does on this song, it reminds me a lot of the guy from Foster the People. And that's... Interesting. That's the guy. And, I mean, I really like Foster the People. I like this song. I like this album, really. So it's super cool. It's fine. <laughs> cool things. Comparing things to other cool things is Hell yeah. a cool thing. <laughs> Everything's super cool all the time. <laughs> this song, like lyrically though, I I know it's on the single art and everything, but I just could not get cigarette addiction out of my head. Like yeah. I mean, I know he's talking I cling to you or I cling to your lips. Or I cling to you like lips cling to a cigarette is a repeated line in this song yeah i didn't know if he was straight up just talking about nicotine addiction or if he was still continuing the the trifecta of potential talking about a girl talking about religion talking about other drugs yeah this song it just this uh, this is like this is where it kind of like it looped back for me because we we mentioned earlier on the album how he he wanted a mature relationship and he he understood that he couldn't be his partner's everything kind of a thing. But the song feels very strongly focused on his codependence of other things, right? Whether that's his former lover or God or, you know, cigarettes or a substance or, or whatever, where it just like, it's, it's such a, a coin flip where like, it, it makes sense in that like, be it, earlier in the album when he was talking about, having an independent partner kind of a thing he wasn't saying that he was independent he was just saying yeah i understand that you want to go off and you want to do your own things but he never like explicitly said how he felt about that kind of thing so really it could have just been an extension of him not wanting to upset the person that is like going out and doing more independent things he's just going along with it because he is so dependent on them yeah he doesn't want to doesn't want to disturb that balance but obviously there's also a religious aspect to it where like kind of like what we've what i've been saying anyway for the past few tracks is just like having your whole life dedicated to faith and then losing that faith and figuring out that like your your whole identity has been taken away from you essentially and you you need to figure out what you're doing now very quickly kind of a thing yeah it's pretty tough like uh just thinking about any time that i was trying to live my life, figure myself out. Like I know all I wanted to do was just go cry in the club, like just in the corner somewhere. It was yeah. just, it was we, rough. we go to so many clubs that we just would do. If we were to cry, it would probably happen in the club. Yeah. Cause that's just where we are all the time. <laughs> Track number 12. All I want to do is cry in the club. Boom. Another short, nice one here. Like it's what? Two, two minutes, 14 seconds. Boom. Little short yeah, thing. It's like the second shortest one on the album. It's got like a it's got a wavy feel as well, like the watery kind of next room over feel of the synths. Yeah. In in the opening is uh, pretty cool. I like the vibe. You know, the auto tuned voice adds to it as well. 
Like, and this song made me think about kind of the auto-tune bashing craze back in the day. Not like the (laughs) song isn't heavily auto-tuned or anything. I mean, his voice is clearly auto-tuned. Right. But like, I got caught up in that because that's whenever I was in my like, listen to real music yeah. rock and metal if you can't and... sing you're just using it as a crutch kind of yeah. thing little do instead I instead of like using it as a cool way to change the sound of your voice kind of a thing yeah and that like i look back on that and i'm just like it's people experimenting i mean sure some people used it to cover up oh yeah bad voice and some people still have bad voices with it while trying yeah. to cover up their bad voices but, but what? it's like pe- people uh <laughs> huh i didn't Who say anything to- no, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally cool. <laughs> Just bashing on fucking random insert artist here Indeed. that you say their name, Jeremy. F- Fetty Wap. Fetty. What? You don't like Fetty Wap? I just I don't like his voice. I've never listened to Fetty Wap. So <laughs> maybe one day we'll re- re- review a Fetty Wap album. Oh, we will if there, there's a person that wants to come on our podcast at some point, and I guarantee. They will do a Fetty Wap album for us. Are they going to fucking defend Fetty Wap with their dying breath? I think, I think so. It was that or Chris Brown, and I vetoed the Chris Brown. So. <laughs> well, looks like you're stuck with Fetty Wap, Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know, this one, it's more like Cynthia, like you said. There's this really cool, like, mechanical pump sound for the beat on this one. Like, maybe like a like a heart rate monitor kind of beep thing, but it's more of like a pump, like an air pump kind of thing. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it just sounds like this kind of pumping air machine kind of a thing. And it perfectly fits the autotune vocals and the more like synthy music laid out behind it. Lyrically, this one's just more reflection on like who he is and who he was, but this one kind of seems a bit more like genuine and honest. And he's just kind of like venting and, and talking about what's going through his mind kind of a thing. Yeah, this one, he's kind of just, like, sad. I mean, the name of the song pretty much tells it. Like, he's just like, shit, dude, I'm coming to terms with all the terrible sadness I've been feeling. And I've been trying to escape it through one vice or another, and I just can't. Yeah, Like, I can't stand the daylight, and the therapy's not working. The problem was the burden and the worthlessness, like just realizing the feelings how you feel about yourself is uh you can't escape it there's no <laughs> you're stuck with yourself yeah, whether you like st- it or not exactly and now he's just like well i can't beat the sadness so yeah and it's fucking the outro like the the last three lines of the song he says tonight will i die or will i come back tomorrow might be my comeback and a mother wants her son back kind of thing so like it's like him realizing that like Yes, he obviously needs to focus on himself and figure out who he is, but he's also focusing and, and like realizing that he's having an effect on people that clearly love him, kind of a thing. Because like I don't know if I'm assuming his mother is still of the faith, and that's kind of like a hard. That's honestly that was like the hardest part of me dipping out of Christianity and and my religion and stuff is just like upsetting my parents about yeah. it because like they very strongly like were of the belief kind of a thing and that, that was just the hardest i think <laughs> it was actually interesting fun anecdote it's not not fun at all i guess oh yeah but i was in like middle school i think when i decided that i was done with church and stuff and i couldn't even like i couldn't bring myself to tell my mom or or my dad in person i sent my mom an email 
before going to school for the day. <laughs> like, just like as I was getting ready to leave, I was like, I typed up an email, I sent it to her, and then I went, went about my day. And I didn't really like dwell on it the whole day, which was great. And then I came home and she was like, she had a talk with me and it was just tears, just lots of tears because she was like so disappointed and, and upset. And I was like, I was upset at myself for disappointing her kind of thing. Cause like, I don't know, parental like pride and like, you you never want to disappoint your parents ever and yeah that's, that's just like a human thing but like yeah it, it was it was it was a day and it's just it that's what that always reminds me of in that line just saying like and a mother wants her son back it kind of like kind of kind of rings me a little bit yeah where like knowing that my parents aren't necessarily satisfied with my decision about spirituality and religion yeah that's just like i don't know it's a really like man because that's like a really tough moment yeah <laughs> like that just sounds like a, a moment that i would dread right i just straight up don't really like i have not i've never had that conversation with my parents we oh, kind of yeah. just exist but I mean, so like it had to happen at least in my situation because every week we'd go to church right my parents would like take me to church and there was no way out of it Right. I, if I was living in this house, I was going to church kind of a thing. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't the case because we talked about it. I sent her the email and like I expressed myself and they didn't force me to continue going to church. Well, that's good. But like, I, I feel like there, there would be no way for me to get out of going to church without explicitly saying that I don't believe in this faith. Yeah, I my mom is like she definitely believes but she's kind of under the impression that like, I don't need to go to a place right. to specifically, like, I don't need to go to a place of worship. I can worship or just in your own heart. Yeah. Like I can, he knows <laughs> big boy upstairs. He knows all, he yeah. definitely knows how I feel. So like, I kind of like, it was never a huge deal. I mean, we, especially whenever I went to like Catholic school, we went, mm multiple times every week and then it kind of just my dad would go and then i think they kind of got the hint whenever i was just like i'm not gonna go with you yeah. one one time and then he was like okay i could tell he was upset but right. he just went yeah and and we never really had the talk and then i know at one point in recent like maybe recent i'm talking in the last eight years my mom <laughs> mentioned in passing like I don't know if you believe or like what, what your beliefs are or whatever. Right. And, and I was just like, I'm not going to explicitly tell you because I still <laughs> in the deep pit of my heart, even as a 28 year old man, this is kind of embarrassing. Like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to say the words to you. Right. Like, and I don't know, have the implication that it's like, did we do something? Wrong? Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's definitely another part of it. Like another facet of it is like, you don't want them to think that they pushed you away from religion. Yeah. Even though, I mean, to some degree, I, at least in my scenario, like dragging me to church every week and forcing me to go there every week and, and not like not accepting no for an answer kind of thing. Obviously that kind of deterred me from it, but like, I don't know. I, I w definitely would not blame my parents for my lack of faith or, or my choice. It's just, I'm an independent person. Right. I mean, granted, yeah. in middle school, maybe I wasn't an independent person, but <laughs> I still had my own thoughts, right? Yeah. And, and I, I still, like, felt strongly about it, so. And you still had to make up your own mind. Yeah, and 
if it ends in some doomsday scenario where the fucking christians are getting yeeted up into heaven and, <laughs> and the, the sinners are just dying down here then i'll, I'll cross that bridge when i get there you know i'll, yeah, I'll just live in, live in that doomsday you won't cross any bridges because you'll be stuck here yeah there'll be no bridge to heaven and also we'll be there, there stuck. will be no ufo to suck me into the sky yeah if we'll just be stuck listening to track number 13 doomsday <laughs> yes this one has a pretty big optimistic kind of like synth opening to it where it's more back to like the upbeat there's been a lot of sad boy tracks on the last half of this album but this one kind of like brings it back to the the energy level of like the beginning of the album uh the, i thought it was interesting i don't know if this was intentional or if this was me just like listening too hard into it but the music in the chorus the kind of chord progression reprises lover boy a bit but it's more like washed out and chill in the background just that kind of like that that kind of a thing like it, it felt like it was kind of a reprisal of lover boy from the first half of the album yeah i definitely got that feeling as well like it's kind of coming full circle and that's another thing that i was like i don't know if yeah. this album supposed to be a it's, circular motion it's, like it's the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall of lover boy yeah like it seems like <laughs> at the beginning he's doing okay and then very much like not okay and yeah. then he like accepts that he's not doing okay right and then it like just go i don't yeah it's just a circle there. yeah <laughs> i'm just like what what where's the resolution here <laughs> like, yeah this one like like you said this is it seemed like to me lyrically this was him kind of coming to terms with his anxieties and and his panic ridden thoughts you know where he he knows he's in an okay place and he knows that he's safe and that he's doing well but he's still constantly like paranoid about shit and he's freaking out on the inside and he's kind of like asking for someone to help ground him and just remind him every now and then that it's okay to be happy sometimes. It's not, it's not always all doom and gloom. It is a lot of the time, but... But not all the time. Not all the time. And those at, are the least, moments... at least, I guess, you're allowed to be distracted from that. Because, yeah. again, like he talks not heavily, I suppose, but he does specifically call out like American politics and, and stuff in this album. And that's a big, like anxiety point for him just knowing that like there there are very shitty people out there controlling the government and and having such an influence uh that like he he kind of feels like he'll never be happy <laughs> that way and i think that's kind of what he's getting at in this song is that like he's always going to have that in the back of his mind he's never going to be okay with what's happening but that doesn't mean that he can't also enjoy his life kind of a thing yeah you gotta you gotta live for the for the moments and not like i don't know what is that he probably learned it i'm imagining he went to some sort of recovery program yeah from his drug problems or whatever and they teach was the prayer of serenity it's like grant me the strength to shit i i already forgot it the strength uh, to shit. yeah the strength to shit that's all i need <laughs> but it ends with the like being able to it's essentially just like let me be able to distinguish the things that i can change have the strength to change them and then like be able to accept the things that i can't and not let those right. take over my mind i guess that and, sounds like what he's saying in the song to me yeah the serenity prayer i think that's what it's called something yeah, it's like the that. alternate title for the song yeah serenity now all you seinfeld fans out there ha 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 
<laughs> you totally watch Seinfeld. I don't watch Seinfeld. I've never watched an episode of my life. Track number 14. Final track on the album. Birds. Birds! <laughs> but with exclamation point. Three of them. Three of them instead of an eye. Because, I mean, they're kind of like upside down yeah, eyes. Yeah, they're upside. They, they're not even kind of like. They are upside I mean, down eyes. They're kind of like upside down eyes. I'm not going to say that they are upside down eyes. I am, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I guess Joey's going to die. <laughs> yeah, this one, it starts out with some kind of like ominous ambience and like a soft drum pattern, but then it kind of gets switched off and the acoustic guitar comes in to kind of save you from the impending doom. And there's some like birds chirping in the background. Uh, eventually a bass comes in as well as kind of like the simple kind of click track kind of thing during the chorus. And then by the end of the chorus, the sense and the ominous sounds kind of creep in again. And then the song resets a little bit, uh, which I think it's like musically, at least kind of symbolizing the back and forth between his mind where like at times it's peaceful and he's able to like enjoy his life. But then inevitably it seems like the chaos and the paranoia takes over and he has to kind of like take a breath and pace himself and convince himself that it's okay. Like he was kind of getting at in the last track and just kind of moving forward despite it. Yeah, this this song I I think this is a good ending song for the album. He did he did well because like you said, it kinda demonstrates the rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall <laughs> yeah. of, of his uh life, his mental stability. Um, and it's got, you know, that super crisp acoustic guitar, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a good feeling. I like like the whole, the whole song, it sounds, I don't want to say heavenly because of the subject matter of this, <laughs> yeah. this album, like ethereal. We'll there go with go. ethereal. Like, I like his voice a lot in this one where it's like just him and the guitar and then the music it picks up, like you said, and it just kind of takes that cycle and it's, it's just nice. It's a good end on good song to end on. Yeah, I can I can talk. Can you? Do no, you know words? I, I don't. I I have no words, and I don't know words. <laughs> Lyrically, I think this one's like the darkest track on the album to me. Well, maybe maybe numb. Numb's pretty bad too. But like this one, it seems like Landon and I, I kind of hyper focused. I think on drug abuse in this one, where it seemed like he's talking about the fear of relapsing. And falling back onto hard drugs because it's all he knows and it's the only thing that can like warm him and calm him and the weight of his decisions that he's made is kind of like crashing down and he he kind of implies that he knows he's going to go back to using kind of a thing at least is what i was getting from it and that he was like yeah i thought it, it's very very poetic i think he says hanging upside down for seven or i guess i'll read the, the whole thing there it says mirrored eyes are swollen hanging upside down for seven months the past is closing in on future track marks which is just like i, I don't he know knows. it's very elegant but it, it definitely yeah. implies that he like he's going to be using in the future at least that's how he feels yeah like this one this is even more evidence that this is a cycle and i mean i guess saying the rise and fall doesn't necessarily imply that there is one rise and one fall. Right. But that's kind of, that was the ebb and flow. Yeah. That was my initial take on the album's title where it's like, I don't know. There's like the rise and the fall of Hobo Johnson albums. (laughs) Right. Where it it just makes me think two distinct storylines kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I think it's going to be the rise and the fall. And this is where the last track where doomsday was the acceptance that he's going to feel He's going to have those anxieties. He's going to, mm-hmm. I don't know, feel bad. And he just is accepting it and learning to live with it. This is the acceptance that 
shit's going to get crazy again, that he is going to go back into his past habits and then have to dig his way out again and make those realizations all yeah. over again. Which is, it's kind of like very interesting lyrically because it ends saying when starting over, like the chorus of it ends when starting over feels like finished, which is yeah. kind of like, it's, it's, I'm not sure I fully understand that line, but it definitely, it, I mean, when starting over feels like finished, it's kind of like bringing both ends of the circle together. Right. Cause you're, you're starting over, like you're starting new, you're back at the beginning, but it feels like you're already done kind of a thing, which is, is kind of maybe tying into the, the cyclical nature of the rise and the fall and the rise and the fall kind of a thing. But you're never done. You're never done. Never. You're never getting off this ride. <laughs> Until you die, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. Speaking of death, what are we listening to next week? <laughs> We're listening to an album. <laughs> nothing to do with death, but yeah. uh, that I'm aware of. It could be. Are, I mean, we, listen- are we listening to You're Dead again by, by yeah. Artists? <laughs> Yep, that's, the, that's my only pick for the rest <laughs> of the entirety of this podcast. But uh, no, we're listening to the album Gossamer by Passion Pit. Hell yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I like it. And there was just a point in, I guess, this this album where I've been wanting to do it for a little bit. Yeah, we've talked and, about it. Yeah, and th- something about listening to this album, I was just like, I want it. I want to listen to it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. So. I'm down for it because I've not dove, not dive, divened, not divened. Divin. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have not dove into Passion Pit, the Passion Pit. I've not jumped headfirst into the Passion Pit, but uh, I know I've heard some of their songs and they've come up on like Discovery playlists and I've always enjoyed them. So I've been meaning to get around to it. And this is this is a good as good a time as any. It's your reason check to check out it. some passion pit. So, it's your reason to be like Hoobastank. Yes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you guys uh, hated the fact that we talked about r- losing religion for half of this episode, let us know in Twitter and and Facebooks and comments and stuff like that. We're we're not going to change anything about it. I just want to know. I'm curious. I apologize if you uh, found it distasteful how we discussed it, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't regret it. I'm just saying. Yeah, as, I guess it, as yeah. a listener, I know it, if you came here to listen to a fun, jovial discussion about an album, then maybe it was sullied by us going off so hard on Christianity. But it's part of who we are, and obviously, it was part of this album. So keep your politics out of music. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, that's a whole other that's a whole other thing Can I, knew, I knew that'd get you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah let us know how you felt about this episode uh listen to passion pits gossamer with us this week and yeah. we'll be back again next week to discuss it as we are stuck forever in this feedback loop with you standard feedback loop bye